Hey there, everybody. Aaron Noonan here. Welcome again to the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco. And on this episode, it is part two of our chat with Fred Gibson, the 1967 Bathurst winner, uh, multiple Bathurst winner as a team owner-manager. We had so much to talk about that we had to split Fred's chat over two parts over two weeks. This is part two. We've got more of your great National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions. We cover plenty of ground. We talk about the Nissan Gazelle. We talk heaps about the Nissan GTR. Plenty of questions about Godzilla that Fred was only too happy to answer. A couple of myths that he was able to either prove or disprove as well. Talk about some technical trickery and a Fred Gibson Bathurst win that many people don't stop to consider. So here we go. Buckle up. Time to start. Part two of Fred Gibson on the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco. Stephen's question, what became of the car that Scaifey had his big shunt in at Eastern Creek, the Winfield Commodore? That's another one that's gone that he got rid yeah, of. Crushed too, it. Yeah, yeah, crushed it. Yeah, crushed it. Went down to Sims that, Metal for 20 bucks. That was that was really a serious accident. He he's re- lucky. He's lucky to get alive out of that. Mm. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, he was. Were you there that day? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. yeah. He was so lucky, so lucky, you know, and the, and the crew were so good, the way we got him out of the car and everything sort of thing, and that, that really knocked him about. That was really a serious accident. Uh, and the car, the car dead set went, 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 got crushed. Mm. I sent someone down to the crusher. We took what we wanted off when we got back to the workshop. And I sent someone down with the truck and made sure it was crushed. Cause those sort of things, you leave them somewhere and all of a sudden someone wants them. Mm. And all of a sudden they, they're back on the track. Someone's fixed them. So that didn't get fixed. That got crushed. Yeah. Which springs to mind another little thing. Is it right that the gazelle should have gone the other way? It should have been crushed. It should have been. But it got away with it. The Gazelle was an evaluation car, Nissan Gazelle. That Erringer got out to evaluate uh, the Gazelle as a, as a car to for put on the market. Mar- the market. Yeah. And I convinced Nissan that should be a little car to give Scaife some miles in the car. So uh, we made it into a race car. But it should have been crushed because we took the compliance plate off that and put on a road car. Right, another car was there. <laughs> Cause it was the only little four valve car here. Uh, so we took the compliance plate off that and put on a road car and sent the road car down to the crushers and got that crushed and it got crushed. But, uh, so that car, which, uh, Brian Henderson's got now in, in Brisbane, that was, uh, his first race car. Yeah. It's yeah. a car that Scafie won the under two liter yeah. touring car championship yeah. in 87 yeah. and drove, uh, yeah, at Bathurst later that year yeah. as well. So. Yeah. And, he's, and a young guy bought it in Adelaide, and this and Neil had bought it. Uh, the Jarrett's. Jarrett. Grand Jarrett, Jarrett co-drove with yeah, him up at Bathurst that's that right. year. I think oh, that what was about the, that there? Yeah, go on. <laughs> you, I know where you're going with this, so you, you have to tell. So, yeah, you tell. I think you know. I think I know what you're going to say. You go with it. Go on. Is this the one about how this was the year of the World Touring Car Championship and the uh, you had to hit – I mean, always there's been a qualifying time at Bathurst and Grant Jarrett was struggling to hit the time. Scafie was fast enough, but – Mysteriously, Mark may have worn Grant's helmet to set the qualifying time to qualify for the race. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, Stibbard called me to the control tower. Ivan Stibbard, the Ivan Stibbard, Stibbard yeah. he called me to the control tower. FG got a problem. I said, What's the problem? He said, How come Scaife can do so and so time? And Jared's and it just, Grant Jared's been doing X amount of time in practice. And he said, But all of a sudden, when qualifying comes, he's gone as quick as Scaife. I said, oh, I'll give him a talking to. And he's okay. He was okay. But because I said to Scavy, Scavy, this is bullshit. This, this, you, this car has to run for Nissan. It has to run. 
I said, you go and... Because if Jarrett wasn't fast enough, it, it didn't it matter that one that Scaife was fast enough, they wouldn't let it start the race. Wouldn't let it start the race. Mm. So it wasn't going to run, and that, that would have been disaster for us from Nissan. So uh, I said to Scaife, you, you walk in the tent, just walk out with Jarrett's helmet and stuff on, get in the car and do one time lap and come and park the car straight back in the garage. That's what we did. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> got to do what you got to do to get in the great race. Now, then but the- Steve Arden here, when he called me down the control tower, why come that car's gone so two seconds fast and it's gone all day? Just gave him a good talking <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, Brendan Smalls asked, how quickly did George Fury adapt to tarmac racing from his rally background and how highly did you rate him? I rated George very highly, mm. very highly. But when Howard said that we want George to run the, race, run the on the Bluebirds, I said, okay, we went to um, uh, Oran Park. In his Stanza rally car, which said the which he, he raced some circuit racing in that for his license signatures, yeah, didn't he? That's yeah, that's right. The Stanza, because uh, the boys of the workshop, that's when the when Howard's running the, um, they sort of lowered the suspension and made it more of a Bishopman car instead oh, of. Man, a, he was in a sports sedan race. I got the photos. I think he was up against Edmondson's Alpha, and yeah, all yeah, those. Had to get a <laughs> he would have seen him every three laps go by. So we used to go to Oran Park, uh, finish up the car, stayed at Road and Track, and we used to go to Oran Park, and he'd come up, and we'd go there for a day's testing. I'd have a ute full of tyres, Wilson tyres, and he'd go up there and drive round and round and round because all his driving would be flick and catch it, flick and catch it. Rally driver. Uh, rally driver. Mm. And I said, George, you can't flick and catch it. And we go, days testing. We rode, we must have been weeks of testing over a period of time at Oran Park in, until he got the swing, turn, turn it in, flow it, use all the road, the whole thing. And we wore so many tyres out. Howard said, oh, dearie me, we're using some tyres with George, aren't we? <laughs> because it was the stanza. But he he would flick and catch it. George was a great driver. Uh, uh, what can I say? Very game. Had, oh, had a good big heart. Some of the things you do in the Bluebird, I always think, God, how did you get away with that? Because the Bluebird was a very nervous car, mm. very nervous car, independent rear suspension, and even though it had been fiddled with a fair bit to make it a better car, uh, we should never have done what we did with the Bluebird, turbo-wise, suspension-wise and that. Um, but George, you know, he he drove that car better than I could ever drive the race car when we both drove together in Bluebirds. Mm. Um, and he'd be switching the boost up, which you shouldn't have had, boost up, boost back, boost up, boost back. We oh. get messages about that all the time, ashtrays uh, and Ashtrays stuff. in, ashtrays out. So, yeah, she was a little cheetah car, the, the uh, Bluebird, really. But like right now to see that the three bluebirds we had have been restored in Australia, mm. even the Japanese car now. We should talk about that. That's just been just, finished, just hasn't been, it? Yeah. The, yeah. So that that was the car that Hashino and Hasami drove at Bathurst the, in eighty one and eighty two. When it, when Howard's telling me uh, we're running Bluebird at Bathurst, and uh, he said the Japanese are sending a car out, and we're building a car here that George and I would drive. And um, I remember the day the Japanese arrived, and we and uh, went to Bathurst, and I, my road car then was a 280C Nissan. Oh, yeah, nice. Beautiful car. She was turbo, but I put a turbo on her. Of she course, used to, of course. She used to go like a rocket ship off the lights. Christine used to love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the 280C, so I picked them up at the airport, the Sydney airport, and we drove to Bathurst, and uh, he said, uh, we must go to circuit. Okay, we go to circuit. We had an interpreter. Must go to – because they couldn't talk English at all. None. None of, no English. Mm. Uh, we go to circuit, go to circuit, and we drive around the circuit, and we go around once, and we go around. Please stop car. We stop car. Top of the mountain. 
Very dangerous circuit. This interpreter is telling me about the drivers. This is a very dangerous circuit. Ooh, because they stop at the top of the mountain where there's no fences there back in those days, Ooh. you know, and they're looking over the, down the mountain and there's no fence over the top there. Very dangerous circuit, that's like you say. And, and, uh, they, they, and they couldn't speak any English at all. And the Japanese mechanics, you know, were here with the car, and our guys couldn't get near the car. It know? was a rocket, their car. Oh, shit. Well, they, he put it in the shootout, I think. Oh, he did. Hosemi, yeah, yeah. Hero yes, on the front row. Didn't I think he was third. Front, I think he was second row. Second row, I think. But I think he blew it. In those days, you probably remember this, that it's not like now we're in the shootout at Bathurst, you get one go. Yes, yeah. In those days, you got two. Two, yeah. They only televised one of them when they did the highlights uh, package. Yeah, yeah, But you got another go at it. Yeah. And I think Hashino went, uh, Hasemi went back out. Yes. And had another go and blew the turbo. Blew the turbo. Trying to go yeah, a bit yeah. further. They must yeah. have wound it right up. Well, so. we, weren't, we weren't allowed that. The Japanese mechanics were there. The Japanese drivers were there. And we could not touch that car. We weren't allowed to touch a thing on it, and I, when they did the when they, they qualified, they had the boost. They had the, she Off had the, the lot. she had the lot. She <laughs> had the lot. She had the lot. Think about us cheating. I've got no idea. And that, then they left that car here, and that mm. became my Sydney car. Yeah, yeah, that's when you raced at Amaru a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. now that's been restored to Back, how you raced it. Yeah, how I raced it. Yeah, yeah. with the, the flares and, and the, brand new. It's, it's been restored. It's beautiful. Done a super job. It's great that all those cars have, have stayed around. So the three. Well, you know, what happened to the car? Sorry, can we yeah, go on? Yeah, the car disappeared. It the did. car disappeared and all disappeared. Nobody knew who had the car and where it went to. Just boom, gone. The car. And see, when I went down there, there was only sort of two or three guys left. And down to Melbourne, too. Down to Melbourne. Yep. And they didn't really like me anyway because they had a they had a free run for many years with Howard because Howard was a product planning manager. He'd go and see them once a week. They used to run their own thing. Mm. They'd do their own thing. They had the, uh, the Ronnie Sayer was in the in the office doing the paperwork, and they just do what they wanted to do. And the cars weren't very George George uh, what's it George? I can't think of the guy's name there. Whatever they thought was right, and how to say, oh, not a bad idea, not a bad idea. That'd be okay. We'll cover that somewhere, and all this sort of stuff. So the car, when they, when they, when I went there to take the place over, there was no bluebirds there. You know, they all disappeared uh, because they saw where'd they go? Anyway, the one that was supposed to be there um, was that car, and the it, Japanese, the one. Japanese car, yep. disappeared, and it disappeared, and no one knew where it went. But one of our guys apparently did a deal with Howard and got it cheap. Oh. That I didn't know about. I didn't know about, and it disappeared. And we didn't know at the time because that's how we found it. And he went up. He was a fabricator, and he went up north after because they couldn't handle me. They left me, um, and they went up north. And he worked uh, as a as a, a fabricator, uh, doing bow bows for boats. You know the bow for the mm. point, doing stainless steel welding and everything. So out of the blue, someone found that he bought the car. And he built a shed round it, which was his office at his house, apparently, up there, up north. So they found out about it, and Heafy uh, um, uh, and this other guy went up, and they saw him and bought it off him, and had to pull the whole wire to get it out of the garage, out of the shed, had to pull the whole side of the building down to get it. <laughs> it had been stored there for years. It hadn't had done anything gone anyway. Nothing at all. Pulled it out of there, and they bought it back, and uh, and what's the name Alfred bought it. 
and uh, restored it. Yeah, it's been restored back to brand new, beautiful. Well, it's yeah. cool that those three bluebirds have remained. And of course, yeah. the the history of the DR30s, the HR31s, the GDRs, yeah. the Commodores, yeah. the yeah. the Falcon stuff is is all cool. That pretty much, apart from the ones that we talked about that Scaife ended good. up uh, riding off, uh, everything else is is pretty much. So around. most of our old our old cars are still around. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, Philippe's got an interesting question here. How competitive would the lighter uh, DR30 Skyline have been if there was an Evolution version of it? Because Group A, like Ford did it with the Sierra. They had yeah. an RS Cosworth. It became the RS500 yeah. with a bunch of mm. mods that made it mm. the behemoth that it became. Um, reckon that an Evolution version of a DR30 would have been worth its while? Well, I don't think the Japanese were even interested in doing the evolutions of cars um, because we asked a question on HR31 about doing an evolution with different turbo and different this, and they, they are not, no, it's not possible, not possible. And I think, see, they'd ever have to have done it because they are the manufacturer mm. over there, and uh, they would never have done an evolution of Bluebird, that's for sure, mm. yeah. Yeah, because Australian Bluebird, don't forget. I oh, know this is DR30. Yeah, dear, but, it, yeah. DR, but the Australian Bluebird was nothing like the Japanese Bluebird. Oh, no. You know, no. back suspension was different, all that sort of yeah. stuff, because it was built here. Yeah. And the DR30 Skyline, you know, it'd have to be a Japanese thing, and I don't yeah, that think they would have done it. No, yeah. no. Yeah, nice thought. But yeah, yeah. Not yeah. quite there. Every lap in under a minute, every move made to matter. Every decision impacting the outcome of the race. Supercars in Perth. Every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint. May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars. Unforgettable. Justin's question. At the end of 95, start of 96, of course, that's when the cigarette... Uh, money disappeared. Were there any deals that didn't come to fruition that could have filled the financial void that was left by Winfield? Any deals that nearly got over the line or not really proposals or things that not really. This, this, you got to think about the cigarette money was fantastic money. You know, huge, huge money. You know, I think our our Peter Jackson money. I think Howard said to me when he did the deal was seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for the year. And I think that got, that got up close to a million dollars, you know, it got to. Um, the Winfield money, uh, it's funny how you, you do things like um, the Winfield money was done because uh, how did that happen? It happened through the agency and uh, they, they wanted to get back in the uh, – the agency wanted to get back on the box, they used to call it. The, they um, wanted eyeballs off TV. Yeah. Wanted, they wanted, at the time, were they in rugby league in New South Wales? Yes. 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 Yeah. They get back on the box. And um, a mate of mine uh, from Adelaide, South, South Australia, um, a good friend of mine, and um, uh, Graham Ferret. And the Ferret knew the marketing director of Winfield, right? And they were sitting having, having uh, uh, coffee at the uh, – at the cricket in Adelaide, and Des Hancock, Des, he was the director, the secret, and he said to Des, what's saying said to him, where are you going? He said, we're going, we're going over to see Ford about getting, uh, giving some money when I get back on the box television. He said, what are you doing that for? He said, well, where, what are we going to do? We want to get back on the box and notice what's on the box. I tell you. He said, why don't you go and see my mate FG? And he said, who the bloody hell is FG? You know? <laughs> 
And Graham Fetter, he's a good mate of mine. I've known him for years. He's a really good mate. And uh, he said, mate, he said, go and see him. Anyway, we, we set up a meeting to have a coffee in town. The marketing director of uh, Winfield and uh, and myself in town two days later, I think it was, went in there and uh, had coffee with the guy and uh, he, I said, uh, he said, want to get back on the box. We want to have a sprint car. We want to have a drag car. We want to have a touring car. We want to have a bike team. I said, wow. That's all in. And they, and they, and they, he went, I said, you're kidding. They said, no. I said, can you, can you assist us doing that? Sort of create like a, a sponsor super team. So Yeah, they did. George Tatnell in sprint cars. Yeah. Jim Reed in yeah, drag racing. Drag, yeah. I think on the bikes at that stage, Matt Maladdon or was oh, was a was a, can't remember who was riding the was a champion whoever it was yeah they were they were good guys yeah, yeah. and two, then the touring car two so they, oh and the Winfield Triple Challenge and the reverse, which you blokes never could win and <laughs> Peter Jackson kept winning it exactly exactly <laughs> and I said to him I said we'd want a million dollars for the touring cars he said shit you're expensive and I said that's cheap you know I'm think I'm thinking it was a million dollars want to be more anyway I said that's how much money. And I said, but I'll put you in contact with the other people that do do it, and they did a deal, and and, and they were they were terrific. They were terrific sponsors. They'd send us a um, it's things you don't know what cigarette companies did. Small teams of, of kids, no signage, helping little foot junior football teams, little ten, tennis teams, that sort of stuff. They spent a, a bucket of money doing those sorts of things. Without um, logos, obviously. No, no logos, no nothing. Just supporting junior sport. Mm. They yeah. spend so much money in yep. motorsport. Oh, God. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Anyway, I, I put them in touch and they, they did unbelievably good deals and then we started the Winfield to, uh, the team. Yeah. Did was, I remember that on the other side. I think side it was for, one or two million. It was a lot of it was, money. It would have been a couple of million, yeah, then, been, surely, well, for, for two cars. It was a lot of money. Yeah. And, and they, he said, shit, you're expensive. And we did the deal. And I didn't sign a contract probably for nine months. Just went along and the money was in the bank. Job done. He said to me, he said, he said, uh, he said, the guy said, he said, oh, if you give us all your bank details, yeah, we'll do a deal. Yep. He said, now you, you, we'll do a contract and that. I said, he said, give us, we'll put some money in the bank for you. And the money was in the bank in two days. Bang. Yeah. And yeah. and I rang the, uh, I had some contacts and I rang. I said, how are you going with the bike deal was done? This was done. Reed was done. The whole thing. Bang, bang, bang. All done. Wow. All done. And they were unbelievably good sponsors. Was there any thought to do what Philip Morris did, where they they carried on for a year with Alan Jones and the pack leader? Yeah, remember, sort yeah. of it looked a bit like a Peter Jackson yeah. car, but yeah. it had a bit of flashy yellow and yeah. white and yeah. pack leader, a nice generic yeah. name. Did you guys ever try look at the possibility to do that with they? With, they with, weren't game to do any of that, no. Winfield. But what they, you know, I tried to talk him into where Winfield's on the side. You know, I tried to do it in this to talk to them about doing something else, something else. Like that looks the same, but looks the, the same, word's but different. Not, no, a bit like the Formula One teams would do with remember that they had Benson and Hedges on the Jordans, yes, but they would change it to Buzzin and Hornets. Yes. Or yeah. the words look the same from a distance, but when you got up close, the actual well, wording I, was I, different. I think I might have suggested to them Gibson or something on the side in which there. you ran at the Brock Classic, did we? Yeah, okay. Scafie ran a single car at the Brock Classic well, I, and it had yeah, uh, Gibson in the on same, it rather than in Winfield. the same, same lettering or whatever yeah. sort of thing, or same yeah. thing with and did it. You know, that's exactly right. And you know what? No one noticed any difference. <laughs> Nobody said to me, What's the new signage on the car? Mm. And we did it for an exercise. Mm. 
did it next size, exactly the same, let, what do you call type-wise and yeah, everything, yeah. Gibson on the side of the car. Mm. And I, I tried to talk them into doing that, but they, they said, no, no, no. Too hard basket. Too, it was too hard. Just flies too close to the wind. Yes, it does. Apparently it was, and they mm. were very strong at that. They were mm. very strong. They got their value out of it. Mm. I, said, I think I said to them about, uh, I think I said, open, do you want to come and see an eight-wheel car? And the guy said to me, What's an open wheel car? Having coffee with a guy. What's an open wheel car? I said the one when the mud guards to get we had Scaife's car at Winfield. Formula Rover. Yeah. You know, I said you get an open wheel car. You got touring cars and you got this and you got that. What's an open wheel car? He didn't have any idea about motor racing at all. All you've been told to come down and do a deal. Amazing, you know. Really. Wow. Yeah. That stuff and, doesn't happen anymore. And and they were just they were super sponsors. Mm. Super super sponsors. Mm. And uh, I suppose I was a bit dark on. Ken Potter and Kerry Turner, who they were the Peter Jackson guys, because they really stole that Facito to start his own team. Because we virtually had a verbal agreement to keep going with them. Uh, and that's when Bo came and said to me, Oh, Glenn and I are leaving, and then they do the, and Ken Potter had organised that. I was pretty pissed off for a while about that. Mm. I didn't speak to Bo for a while about mm. all that, because it's a typical Bo, but really, he wouldn't come and talk to me about, Hey, we've been offered to go and start our own team. So, uh, so it made me pretty strong to do the Winfield, especially when Des rang me and, uh, and said, like, you know, we'll do a deal. Mm. You know, it's amazing things happened back, back in those days. Mm. But the way they used to send boxes of cigarettes, all the team, who smokes? Tell us what they want, we'll supply it. A box every month. And a box would come, some month's supply. And, and even Faye Richards used to get cigarettes here because one of her friends smoked or something, you know. And for Richo, Richo takes some, and uh, and so the whole thing is like, you know, we can't we can't sell them, we can't do that. But when you find out what they did for junior sport with no signage anywhere, just helping out junior sport, they did a lot of work with that, a lot of work. It's yeah. amazing to think that now, that was nineteen ninety five that the cigarette. World, so we've as a sport, motor racing, and you've been around and seen it all. So we weaned ourselves as a sport off the cigarette money. Mm. Now we've weaned ourselves off the manufacturer money. Mm. Of course, Holden and Ford, mm. particularly, mm. and BMW were involved, yeah, and yeah. Nissan, as you fully yeah. were involved in. So we've we've weaned ourselves back there. Yeah. Always wonder what the next thing is going to mm. be that weans yeah. us. Yeah. Back from yeah. Um, yeah. interesting, yeah. Isn't it? it's an interesting one. It's so hard to know what the mm. future is for motor racing. It's yeah. a far bigger discussion well, all, uh, all the time. But, but you think about what I said. All they want to do is get on the box television. Well, and actually, that's an interesting one because um, I recall vividly Tony Longhurst, your sponsor, of course, by B and H. Yeah, he would run the Amps Car Series. Yes, every round. Yeah, why it was on the box? Box. It's on the telly. It's they the wanted telly. yellow cars on telly yep. as much as they could do, yep. so they did every race that they could yep. do. One of the races that you didn't do very often, though, for a period there, was the Sandown 500. Why did you guys skip that a bit? Was that that you'd rather go off and do testing yourself? Or I, I It was a bunch of you didn't do 90, yeah. 91, 92, 93. There's like four years in a row. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, I don't know the real reason whether it was too close to Bathurst for a swing. I don't know. I don't know. I reckon you like doing your own thing and going off testing in private and no mm. one seeing. We did plenty of testing. I can he, tell you. I think Scaifey told me one day that he tested one year, a hundred and something days, oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah, we, we did off a lot of chart. testing. Yeah, all over the place, not yeah. just at one track. No, either. no. Yeah, we we go testing. We go like. I remember. I remember uh, we well, we tested Malala one night. We went from Malala, sorry, to Western Australia to test. Yeah, you know, went across there to test for the touring car round. 
we're at Malala, so I said, we'll go across the day. Well, we're, we're on go, our way. We'll go. And we, we hired the surga for the day and tested for a day. You know, when we first, you know, it's amazing how the Japanese, when we first tested the GDR at Winton, the Japanese were here and um, uh, we must have had a test day before they got here. It was wet and the Japanese were here and they were all over like a rash wanting to know what the car's doing. And they, I said, uh, I'll oh, go out and you should change the mode uh, and give it full, full wheel drive. And the Japanese engineer said, Give us some sun. How do you do that? I said, We're going to, it's raining. It's full wheel, full wheel drive. We'll go full wheel drive. But how do you do that? And I said, well, On our control panel in the center here, we screw it round. We've got mode one, one mode two. Which was your our, 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 development. our, our yeah. idea. You had Ross Holden and those people. Like, guru, absolutely guru, guru Ross. Yeah. Oh, right, right. And we had that's, and we go one, two, and, and sort of more front wheel drive, more front wheel drive. Oh, you must show us how you've done that. <laughs> you know? So it's the things that, that we did, and I feel really proud of, that we re-engineered that car to be the best GDR in the world mm. and would have blown any other GDR away by a mile, by a mile, by things we did. Like turbochargers, we did our own turbochargers in the workshop. And when the Garrett man came out here, we blew him away. Mm. He said, how do you, how, who made the bush that thrust bearing in your turbo? I said, we did. He said, what do you did here? I said, yeah, we did. He said, that's a great idea. We, we'll think about it. We should do that. Those sorts of things. We they had all some, that up. Mm. We had some very good people and we had a good work, the workshop, like the machines we had there and everything. We did everything in-house, mm. our own dyno, our own machine shop, our own fabrication shop. And, and like I look at some of the guys still now around in motorsport, they're all a lot of ex-our guys. You know, those sort of things. But those things GDR-wise and, like, Nissan-wise, I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. We learned off Bluebird being a turbo car. I used to t- puff turbos all the time. But the thing is, you just learn. And all of a sudden, why don't we try that? Mm. And when we start getting our own turbo balance and our own turbo machine and everything, and you've got your own machine shop that can make anything, you know, we, we'd make anything. And, and any castings we had, Kevin Drage in Adelaide to do the castings, and what we do is give him the drawings, and mm. we do the drawings. Mm. So the thing really is really self-sufficient. Yeah, You're not relying on anyone else. I didn't want to. I didn't want to rely on anyone else as a as a race team. We were in house. Everything was done in house. We didn't rely on someone to supply us anything, or not very much. Yeah. Very small. Very small. Anything. Yeah. So yeah. how did you go in '92 when they nobbled it? They brought in a few restrictions on all the different cars, but mainly the GDR to try mm. to even it all out mm. and give the other guys a bit of a bit of a chance. How did you get a it was all about cutting the power mm. for you blokes. Mm. How did you get around? Because this is another one of these <laughs> myths that you can either say yes, true, or very false. How did you get around the power cut to still make power? Well, they give us well, cams did. Didn't it? they give you a pop off valve to? Yeah, cams to- give us a pop off valve. It was an F one pop off valve they got. And uh, it was supposed to be in a box and didn't come in. We made a box for it, it was, and Cam's had it. It's in the box and the valve, and they'd come in to scrutiny to check, check the valve and make sure the valve was set where, it's, where it should have been sort of thing. But we just, we just re, uh, what can I say? We just Did uh, you recalibrate your dyno? Yes. So when... Larry. Right, yeah, yeah. You, you keep going, right, yeah. We recalibrate. We were, our guys were so good at doing that. 
Larry Blude. Larry Blude, I want to come and see all this stuff, what's going on. Larry Perkins, Larry though, he Perkins. blew up. He wants to see with his own eyes. He wants to see it, yeah. yeah. I want to see it all. So Larry come down and put that engine on the dyno and he's checked the engine and all that sort of stuff and everything and pull the string and, you know, bang, 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 pop off our pull. Yeah, okay, I'm happy with that. But the thing is, he didn't organise. We changed the dynos, all, all the dyno electronics on it. So I did that, that, did all that. So then when he left, we went back to our normal. <laughs> and the, and the, but the valve did work. Yes, the valve did work. Yeah. It did cut the power but, for Yeah, yeah but, we, 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 had, we, but we 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 tuned the, the engine to suit the power valve then. Mm-hmm. You know? And the thing is we built our own turbos, so we did our own thing there. And, we, you know, the Ross Hole was the world and those sort of things. And, the, and when I tell Larry that trick... He gets pissed off with that, he does. <laughs> Man, Larry's like, case being dudded. <laughs> what about, I'll tell you about a quick one, intercoolers. Intercoolers. Um, got to run the original intercooler on the on the HR31. It might have been, might have been DS, a GDR. And um, he said, he said that, that intercooler's not the right intercooler. I said, Larry, it's the right intercooler. He said, no, it's not. It's not the right intercooler. He said, okay. I said, well, what about I go in the truck and I'll get an intercooler spare out of the truck that's in a Nismo box, done, ready there. Okay. Went and got it, pulled it out, sealed, all the Nismo tape on it and everything, where they wrap them up and everything. Pull it. Oh, yeah, it's the same. Mm, same. You didn't know we used to have the tape, the tape to make the boxes up to sort of tape the thing in Nismo tape. <laughs> So it's our intercooler in a Nismo box <laughs> with the right tape and everything on it because they you know the st- sticky tape was all the we used to have rolls of that tape we used to made our own up. <laughs> so simple but so, so effective. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he blew it. I said, well, it must have been HR31, I think. He was blueing. I said, mate, it's the right intercooler because that one stood out. Oh, I was watching HR because that was there. You saw when you put the bond up. You saw the intercooler. Straight there, right Straight in front there. of you. Yeah. There was HR30. He couldn't believe why the HR31 was going so well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. There was a big stink leading into Bathurst 92 because of the weight of mm. your cars, and you threatened not to go. Yep. Was there ever a chance in hell that you would not have gone? Was that a political ploy to put the pressure on camps? I would have not gone, yes. But you had yeah. Winfield and you had Nissan. Yeah, and you had, Winfield was fine. They were, they were fully supportive. You run the team, whatever how, you want to do. How close did you we get We went to, to court, you know. Yeah. There was a court hearing yeah. about that, you know, court hearing. But we'd already planned what we were going to do and run the extra weight and where we were going to put it. Because mm. the, the rear cross member, we filled that with lead and everything. Sorry. But we, I felt we had to take them on, show them with fair dinkum, you know, and, and give it a shot. And uh, yeah, we went to court. I remember they went to court and the judge was there making adjudication on whether we got to go over there or not. Larry was at the court case. <laughs> Surprise! Larry hung out at your place a fair bit by the sound of it. He used to be funny. He, he was good. He was a good – he was good. But you know, I say, Larry, what about your cylinder heads? Nothing wrong with my cylinder heads? 
said, Larry, I know that they're cast different to the cast similar hit. I know they're different sort of thing. And they were, you know, and all this sort of stuff. He had the ports moved down on the cylinder head castings and everything for the V8 Holden engine. God, strike me. <laughs> The, the the irony thing is, as much as he blew about GDRs back in the day and all that stuff, you guys actually see a fair bit of one of these days. You're both good friends with Alan Moffat. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny that the people who would follow the sport might have always thought that, you yeah. know, from back in the day there's niggle that carries on, but I think everyone, you oh. know, the world moves we, on. We and, just got on with life. And, yeah. and, he, and he, like, you know, Larry, Larry was, was really a, a hard competitor. But he, he fiddled the V8 Holden engine, not the Chev engine. He, that was nothing like in a production engine, you know, because he had the inner Holden that changed things. Got it done. Got it done. And he did. Yeah. He did. He really did. I don't know that he had the tape, though, to box no, no. his boxes he wouldn't like have had the you tape. did. But it was pretty good. I like the tape. I like the tape. I used to sit in my office all day doing nothing, thinking all those things I had to do. <laughs> mm, better order some new Nismo tape. <laughs> tape. Yeah. <laughs> um, David White's got a question. You and I have talked about this before, and I, I know you have talked about this yeah. publicly, so it's, it's, it's all right. Did you really, when they start like this, yeah. it's always good, did you really do a midnight swap of Godzilla behind closed doors? No. Well, Bathurst 1990, you swapped cars. Oh, back in... Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, that we did too. There's, there was two... There was yeah, one, we did. Car one and car one yeah, T. Yeah, there was two. Car. Yeah, we did. Mm. Yeah, and that's why... And, and you know who blew about that? Channel it's, 7. Channel 7 blew. Because they didn't want to change the race camp. But that, that, that they come and change it all over. Yeah. Yeah. So the point was, the point was that in those days... What are they, you could have a test car that you just used for testing on the Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. and then you weren't racing. Yeah. It wasn't entered. Yeah. But so you could, but you weren't allowed to have your race car no, and Winfield, your T car. They, were Nis- they weren't in Winfield cars. Well, they were Nissan cars. Uh, Nissan, yeah, nineteen ninety. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you look closely, I think the, the mirrors are the giveaway of which okay. car was the same car. Yeah, we swapped Friday, cars. Saturday to yeah. Sunday, and uh, I imagine it went to Channel Seven. I said, guys, Bob, what's the problem? I want the camera out of that car and put it in that car because we took the doors off this car because the, the car we took the door off and put the door on that car with a number on that car mm. and that well that's a, we could do out it pretty pretty mm. good. But rewiring an in-car camera for a race car is actually they, not nearly, a quick job. They, they were up all night. Yeah, they, you would have not been on their Christmas card. Oh this. shit! No, when I went and said, I said, "Yeah, what?" <laughs> I said, "We that." I think it did something with the four-wheel drivers playing up, I think, on it. Mm. I think the four-wheel drivers playing up and we could, well, you don't know how to, we didn't know how to fix it. And I said, well, if you fucking fix it, we'll just, we'll just chop, swap cars. Yeah. Fixed it. <laughs> Fixed it. Fixed it. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's true. Well, we're getting a lot more trues than falses on some of these <laughs> questions, aren't we? I think it's a reflection of our V8 Sleuth listeners being keyed on the in case. right on the case. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Michael Shaw, this is another one that you can mm. prove or deny. Uh, ask Fred about the GTR clutch. Pretty sure the statute of limitations has passed. Anything special or different or weird about the... Clutch in a GDR. No, we, we, we run a, we run just a girling triple play clutch, which we're supposed to run. I don't think we. And no, I, I I can't remember unless you've got something specific you could ring up. No, we might need more information on that one yeah, from the question of the where he's is, aiming there. Not sure. I can't. We the clutch was just a, a Borg worn or whatever they were girling or whatever they were uh, triple play clutch in it, which you could run. Yeah, pretty standard. That makes sense. Um, John Stryker covers off a question we kind of covered. It was made out in the media that for 89, Nissan didn't want the association with cigarettes, hence Peter Jackson not involved. 
But then, of course, Winfield came on board a couple of years later. So what changed or was that just a story that wasn't? No, no, no. I think uh, Peter Jackson went and we run the car as Nissan. They couldn't fund it as good as it should have been funded. It was the money. They didn't know we near the money Nissan were putting in the, what the cigarette companies were doing. And um, I mentioned the finance director come across and had a meeting with me, but I'd already worked on other things. And it was funny how he come in and he, and he sat in my office at the uh, Hurley Road. Was it Hurley Road still? Must have been. Anyway, where it was. He come over and sat in the office. He said, um, he said, uh, Fred, uh, we're going to pull the sponsorship and we're going to take the team over and run the team ourselves. And I said, is that right? Is that right? He said, because, you know, you're spending too much money and it's costing this. This is when Nissan were paying the bill. Because we just can't afford it. I said, well, get you out of the problem. I said, I said, you know where you go on the back mudguard of the car, which they were as Nissan on the back mudguard? Mm-hmm. I, sorry, as, as, no, as Winfield on the back mudguard must have been. And he said, uh, yeah, yeah. I said, well, uh, I've sold that spot and uh, I'll give you Nissan there and, it's, and the car's going to be sponsored by Winfield. And he died. I said, so for what you're putting in, you get the back mudguard. Now, if you don't want to put the, you don't want the back mudguard for the money, well, you know, it's my team, it's my car, I own it all, it's my team. So, like, I'll give you the back mudguard. He nearly shit himself. He definitely shouldn't have That was the finance director, Nissan. I said, I think it was Leon Daphne was the boss then. It might have been Leon. I said, you go back and speak to Leon and tell him that's what I'm doing. I'm running cigarette sponsorship. I've got Winfield money and I'll give you the back mudguards with Nissan on it. And that's how the car ran. And I got the money. So but he came over, to, to, he, he was taking the whole team back over. Nissan going to run the whole team and take it back over and do it as a Nissan team. Mm. Uh, well, let's stop that. Let's stop that. Yeah, that's, so that was true. Because mm. that was the Winfield car had Nissan on the back of my guard, didn't it? Rings a bell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it did. Yeah, I think you had Shell as well yeah. on those cars. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was primarily a, yeah. a Winfield racing car. Yeah. Uh, Brendan asked a question that kind of gets forgotten about a fair bit. Over probably the Nissan thing overshadows the '99 Bathurst win with uh, yep. the wins car with Murph and, and Steve Richards. Um, it seemed he said that obviously DJR were fast that day. I think with Radisich and. Johnson, those cars were quick, but did, does that feel like one that everyone forgets? That Bathurst win, cool, you know, because you were heavily involved mm. in it. But mm. it sort of feels like it's one that doesn't pop up in the highlight reels either, as much for no. some reason. I'm not sure why. And we won that, don't we? Didn't yeah, we? yeah. Who who was driving then? Richo and Murph, 1999 Commodore VT. It was uh, it was sponsored by. Uh, it was a wins car. Wins car, yeah. yeah Gary so Dunbrill. That was the first year that Greg and Steve joined the team. Yeah. After the two Darrens, Peyton Hossack had driven. Yeah. The yeah. previous year, so. Yeah, they didn't give us much hope in that. For some reason, like we were a pretty low key team then. We were mm. as far as people and money was concerned. So, uh, I suppose it did. To did they have trouble? We must have gone on. No, right. no, you just trucked on all day. Yeah. 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 No, nothing special. No, a no. win's a win. A win's a win, yeah. 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 Dimitri's got an interesting question here. Yeah. I don't think you did, but mate, mm. did you ever get to drive the full spec Godzilla in its prime? Did you ever drive one of those? You ever just. Is a road car? No, no, the, well, road car, a race car or a race car? Well, escape had a road car, he had a road car anyway. Um, there's, no, I never. I drove a road car, but I never drove the race car. At all. Mm. 
Because once you once stopped I stopped driving, racing, you went. No, I'm not yeah, driving cars, not even pe- testing or anything. No testing, no nothing. No. Yeah. So Pete Gagan no. did, but you didn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I never. No. After like, um, you know, I, I don't think I've driven the Holdens at all either. No. What's the last race car you would have driven Bluebird. in anger? The Bluebird. Bluebird. When did you decide? Probably going to stop now. Well, I think I think actually when the blue when Howard offered me the, the opportunity to take the team over, hmm. you know, because the thing is we went down there when they built the first DR thirty Skyline, so it was in the Bluebird, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Hmm. But, but I think the last race car I drove was Bluebird, hmm. and uh, I don't think I ever drove a DR thirty even. <laughs> Probably a good thing in a way. <laughs> oh, it was a shit of a car. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a very bad car. Yeah. <laughs> you got some results with it, though, so yeah. it, it worked out okay. I think also, too, we got some results because the drivers that were in the car, Glenn, all due respect to Glenn, at the time being young and, and uh, not really knowing what a good car would be like probably. Didn't know any different. And George, being a rally driver, he just drove He fanged it anyway. He fanged it anyway. So, like, you know, because we, we just thought those sorts of cars, like it, and even the Bluebird wasn't a nice car to drive, but... The Skyline DR30, until we sorted it out, it was a pretty ordinary car. You know? Probably a good thing that you didn't bother yeah, having yeah. a steer, particularly at the start of it. No. Particularly at the start of it. Uh, Daniel Cottrell's got a question. Do you regret not following Harry Firth across to Holden in 69? He says that you, from his understanding, your business was looking after the Ford press cars mm. in New South Wales, mm. but you could have got another Bathurst or two maybe at the mm. dealer team. Was it ever a chance yeah, of going Harry, with the Harry Fox? wanted me to go. Yeah. yeah, Harry wanted me to go, yeah. yeah. Why didn't you? Got no idea, actually. Yeah. You stayed before. So I guess there's a better deal going. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know because, like, I was doing the press cars in Sydney and those sorts of things. And I don't forget, I had my own sports car then, hmm. back in those days, uh, sports car, and uh, and I was driving for Neil Allen as well. See, I did a lot. Of, I did a lot of driving. Like I remember, I remember at uh, Service Paradise one day when Neil wasn't there. I drove the must his Mustang in one race, which was left hand drive, right hand gear change. I drove my Lotus Elan, or his because he bought mine as well. Yeah, uh, Lotus Elan, which is right hand drive, left hand gear change, and then I drove the, the the sports car. He still owned the sports car. I hadn't bought it off him then, which was right hand drive, right hand gear change, all in one day <laughs> in every race. Hard to keep up with. Yeah, I did. Jeez. I did. Had the three cars there and raced the whole three in one race. Yeah, that's cool. You know, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Don't, don't, they don't do that anymore. Just no, they don't. Very oh. rare. I mean, guys have got their programs in supercars or one category, and that's all they're doing. But actually, the of- uh, Neil Allen was was a, was a good guy to drive with. He was, a, as you know, he's in a home now. Neil mm. lives here, and uh, I haven't seen him for years. But um, you know, really, the cars he had and bought. Like that in little M four A McLaren I drove at mm. Warwick Farm. What a great car! That'll be worth a bit now. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> What's the name in New Zealand's got one of those? What's his name that runs by the Sergis made over in New Zealand? He's got an M four A McLaren. We need to go and have a go when oh. COVID clears. <laughs> go and see some of the stuff. There's all sorts of weird and wonderful oh, stuff yeah. that's in yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, but the thing is, like you know, I used to I was, and and the, when I drove for Neil the Brabham, the Brabham was a, a great car to drive. I did a gold star in that. Uh, did a Gold Star series in that car, and uh, that's when I got to know Brucey Richie very well, because he was the uh, the uh, climax man. Hmm. <laughs> he used he said about because he used to mechanic Frank. Well, he crashed the 19 of Franks that time. He, the 19B at Warwick Farm, 
Richard was driving that and crashed it and wrote it off. So the whole thing is, you know, you know Malloy was working on the cars and he used to flick the switch on the Brabham, the little button you press back to reset the taco on them. And I used to give it plenty and then reset and it. Then reset it as, as you drive you got in. Back. I read it said about the seven. Then you know, and and one day Malloy, I went to reset it back, but he put a little hole in it with a split pin it. in it. And when he I come in, he looked. He said, "Hmm, eight two, eh? Hmm, couldn't push the button back in, could you?" <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. Uh, Peter, Peter Malloy is the yeah, Peter guy Malloy. talking about there. Who, yeah. A lot of people will, will know Pete is sadly not with us anymore. No, but exactly, you know, exactly. right there in engines and car prep oh, yeah, and, yeah. and all that stuff over the years. Yeah. Couple more. We're nearly yeah. done. It's yeah. been a big stint. Well bowled, my friend. You've done very well here. Um, Jeff Bishop. He's got two questions. The Nissan Exa Turbo. Discuss. It's probably a short conversation, isn't it? Shit of a car. <laughs> We, we, I talked to Thomas Mezzera, yeah. as I've got to know his pronunciation correct. Yeah. And there were plenty of cars that we referred to in his journey over racing which is yeah. and life, which has yeah. been an amazing journey. Yeah. If you haven't heard the podcast, listeners, go back and have a listen to it from uh, last year because it's yeah. a doozy, yeah. not just the racing, yeah. but his life in Czechoslovakia and how he got yeah. here and all that stuff. But a few different cars popped up and he would say, shitbox, shitbox. <laughs> What about the Maserati by Turbo that you drove? Shitbox. So, Exa Turbo? Shitbox. Shitbox. <laughs> I drove it once, said to Christine, you are a hero. This is a terrible car. It is a shocking. He's and, a brave lady to drive oh, that. Jesus Christ. I, I, I said, you are kidding. Is this what you drive? Do you drive? Because the torque steers so much. Mm. You know, it had so much power. You know, because the boys at the workshop built it. You know, and Trevor Jones and um, I can't think of his name, they built the car. And uh, we went to call the first time, and I said, "Wow, this is a shocking car because <laughs> it, had, it had a had a bigger turbo than I should have had. Uh, legally, went back on a bigger turbo, but it just had equal length. Uh, had it not didn't have equal length drive shafts. One was long, one was short. Mm. So the torque steer, mm. and uh, and she she wanted the power steering on. Then she wanted it off because it had power steering, and I thought it was better with power steering." But I tell you, driving that car, she was an absolute hero. Mm. The, remember the first time she drove that was at Sandown. Sandown and the driver's briefing, true story. Sandown uh, must have been a touring car around and she drove I, re- I reckon it was the, the Enduro. Enduro, was it? Yep, the might Castrol have 400. Might have been that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the driver's briefing, because every time you change gears, it changed lanes. <laughs> yeah, so you change your gear again, go, we'll move it. And uh, at the driver's brief, and, and Howard had the new wing had to go on the back, and we only put it on for practice. He wanted a bigger wing, which we put on the back of it, anyway, and to give it that much more downforce as well at the back. She said it was good. Anyway, at the driver's briefing, uh, I don't know who bought it up, whether she bought it up, and someone bought it up and said to Christine, you just do what you've got to do in your little car, and we'll do the best way we can to get past you. True story. Mm. Because the thing is, up the back straight or down the front straight, didn't way was they didn't go. know which way it was going to dive. And they said, you, you just drive the car. All the drivers are there. You just drive the car, Christine, and we will know when we should be able to pass you. Because it just changed lanes. Mm. And we finished up putting a, say, we made it so it had a jockey and put equal length drive shafts, made it better. But it had one drive shaft was this long and this one was this long. So it talks to you everywhere. <laughs> and it had, it, had as much, it had as much horsepower as the Bluebird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had a mind of its In a own. straight line. Actually, Christine, I don't know how she ever drove the car. Mm. She must be a bloody good driver. Must, must have been a bloody good driver. Must have been some serious brave pills going oh, on back in. She wasn't drinking them either. 
I probably drove a better drink after driving that thing. Jeez. Uh, Jeff's other part of his question, I think I know your answer to this, is Scaife a total rat bag away from the media? When he's not on telly, he's a rat bag. Yeah, no. He's, he's mellowed. He's, me- he's mellowed to what he used to be, I can tell you. He's mellowed. It, you know. Too intense back in the day? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, very intense. Very intense. You know, but the whole thing is like, you know how I got him to come to Melbourne, don't you? No, do tell. Um, Chris and I decided we want a young guy in the car. This is when we took the team over years and years ago. And um, uh, I said, okay. And I don't know how his name came up. And we said, this young scaife doesn't go all right. And I knew his old man. Is this when you snuck up and watched him race yeah, the lasers? You didn't, no one, you didn't tell anyone. You just didn't tell anyone. wandered up and had a car, drove there, flew up, drove the car, stood in the crowd in, in a gold corner, uh, watching him drive in the laser race. And he started they had he started the last the finish was a handicap type thing up the front where you qualified and then at the last one and he won them all, won them all. And I said to Christine, I think he's half a chance. And went and spoke to his old man first, who I knew. And said he's interested in getting a drive and coming to Melbourne and uh, be one of our drivers. That's how it all started. Mm. Yeah, and he come down. It was expensive, but well, he was expensive. <laughs> but he come down and um, and and that's when uh, that's when I had Bo coming down as well because I wanted Bo to and to get Bo out of his business in Sydney was difficult. And uh, but off him the same. Glenn could get a drive, uh, and uh, but Glenn was going to be the driver with George. And Suda could come down and maybe get a drive. So he took a punt hmm. on getting a drive. Worked out right. Worked out right. Worked out right. And also that's why I bought the open wheel car, which well, I bought that. The Formula 2 car? Yeah, hmm. we bought that because uh, I knew anyone that could drive a Formula two, an open wheel car would make a better touring car driver. Hmm. So you did that with Glenn and Scaife. Yeah, so Glenn yeah. had a go in that yeah. Formula 2 car yeah. and, yeah. and, and, and Scaife had a go in the, the other the one. Formula Holden, mm. the, the, the Winfield and the... Yeah. The SPA. SPA S- or SPA? A SPA. SPA, SPA. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. We know, yeah. yeah. Know what you mean. Formula Holden. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Um, nearly there. Two to go. Um, uh, Brett asks, when you rolled the HO Falcon up at Bathurst, was there more than just cut up oranges in the console? Yeah, well, yeah me well, shitting myself, I think, really. <laughs> I don't think that was in the console. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. The thing opened up and, like, it was everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> fixed that car up, didn't I? Yeah, well, that's yeah. Yeah, serious business. Mm, that's one way to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just oranges. Just no apple. No, apple. No. 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 Well, Frenchy told me how to do that. He used to take oranges in his car every time he raced the car. He yeah. take and one just he'd take oranges and he's. It's like Dougie Shiv was just to smoke a cigarette. But he used to put it down when he went yeah, past the pits, the cr- though. Past so the control car. Yeah. It's, it's like Ivan Sipo coming speed to bear with what the Grand Joe driving the car. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so the oranges fell out everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you God, could yeah. not get away with anything these yeah. days. Uh, one last one, Corey State. Corey always asks us these types of questions, but I think it's important. We're nearly at our one hundredth episode of the V Eight Sleuth podcast, powered mm-hmm. by Repco. What kind of cake would you recommend for the one hundredth podcast? What should we go for? What's your cake of choice if you were... Fruit cake. Yes. You know why? Why? Because I still... Peter Nielsen's dad, you know, you know uh, Matty Nielsen. Tech, so our listeners will know Teco from his long yeah. time at Walkinshaws. And yeah, yeah. He, he did work experience at 
Gibson's back in the day, didn't he? I put him through engineering course. It's all your fault. Yeah, my fault. <laughs> I put him. I put him on. Yeah, I've known his dad for years and years and years. His dad runs the big retirement village of Chad Jacobson. Yeah, yeah, you know, Chaz. You know. Chaz Jacobson used to race open yeah, wheelers. Yeah, and, he's got. He's got. Yep. It's just the cars he's got now. Chaz, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Bugattis. He's got the cars everywhere. <laughs> anyway, I've known Peter for years because I put Peter put uh, uh, through his school, uh, uni course. So we've been good mates for years, sort of, really. And um, and Pete's been one of those sort of guys that's always we, – we were in Adelaide at his birthday party the other month. You know, he's, he's, he's one of those sort of guys that's really a good guy. And uh, knowing Teco and what he's been through, and I think the Walkinshaw thing, that's a bit of a problem, I think, really. Yeah. Mm. But where's the fruitcake connect? Oh, sorry. Sorry, the fruitcake. Oh, I'm hungry now. No, <laughs> his mother is a terrific cook. Right. And, and she makes the fruitcakes every year, this big, fruitcakes. Mammoth. Your, your, our listeners can't see, but they're long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're that big. I'll show you one in a minute. There's one here. Oh, we might have to attack that when we stop the, fruit, the recording. She makes fruit. She's a terrific cook, right? And they're wonderful people. And uh, we go to dinner every Friday night with Peter and Estelle and a few others as a group. And at the end of the Christ- of Christmas time, she makes cakes for all the group. And she makes something like 20 fruitcakes. I've got to get in this group. This is a good group. 20 fruitcakes, and she gives everyone she knows a fruitcake. But Pete has to you know, buy the stuff, the fruit, and she buys special fruit. Then she buys the grog. He spends $1,000 on grog for the fruitcakes. Fair dollars $1,000 on grog for the fruitcakes. I lot. I love fruitcake. I love Christmas. I uh, think you've helped convince me that we should have fruitcake I'll, for our 100th I'll get episode. On to, I'll get on to and, and I want a fruitcake for you we'll for Christmas. We'll see if we do a good deal. Do, she's do probably some left over it's from probably Christmas. A- <laughs> she, she invite, they, they put a night on down the restaurant down at Mount Eliza and invite all their friends for Christmas for Christmas night and everyone gets a fruitcake. I'm coming next year. Lock me in. We might save the chocolate cake for the 200th episode. <laughs> we'll do fruit cake for the 100th. That sounds yeah. good. One more little thing before we go. Uh, we do this with all our guests. Um, you know the top 10 shootout for many years at Bathurst. It's the uh, the bit where the drivers get to do their thing, one lap, get it right, get it wrong. You might taste a, a wall along the way. We've got our own Motor Focus top 10 shootout. Now, Motor Focus is one of our great supporters and partners, model car company based in Queensland, motorfocus.com.au, or drop in and see them, uh, one Stockwell place in Archerfield, Queensland, so up Brisbane yeah. way. Uh, Dimitri and the team are all over the model cars, and I'm sure there's a bunch of FG model cars that have been <laughs> released over the years that are yeah. high value there yeah. that, are, that are on the shelf ready to buy. But they bring us the top 10 shootout where basically it's word association. Yep. I name a few things. You tell me the first word that comes in your head to describe that thing or person. Ready for this? Yep. Don't get me in trouble with the lawyers, FG, for crying out loud. Jim Richards. Great guy. You can have two words. I'll let you have two words. Mark Scaife. A problem. <laughs> Alan Moffat. Different. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way. Um, GDHO Phase 3. Terrible car. (laughs) Any HO, terrible car. (laughs) Revered by Ford fans the country over, but clearly not too many of them raced them at 150 mile an hour down Conrod. Uh, Can I make a comment on that? Oh, you may. When you're coming down the straight at Conrod at 150 mile an hour in the straight when it was a straight. Before the chase. Before the chase and and the flag was there. 
and you'd say that the windsock was there, and you'd say to the guys in small cars, when we come down the straight and you see us coming, give us plenty of room because as we come across the hump, we come off the road and go across the road in a HO, which it would do. Would you? And as soon as you get over the hump, what you start doing then is put your left foot on the brake pedal and start pumping the brake pedal up with your left foot, getting ready to stop at the end of the straight, the straight, because you've got no brakes to start with, so you've got to pump with the left foot on the brake and get the pedal up. Then you go off the throttle at 150 mile an hour, slowing down starting now, and put your foot on the brake to stop the car, and you've got a brake pedal there. That's what you do every lap from about the 10 lap onwards for the whole race. <laughs> and if you're in a mini... Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get out of the, out way. Of the way. I think we, we covered it off earlier, but we didn't quite put that bit full stop on it. Get if you out. were in a small car, get out of the way. Move over. Just yeah. move over. Uh, Bluebird. Great little car, but a shit of a car. <laughs> great, but shit. Well, I say great in a straight line rocket ship you know, with a suspension that had round the corners, shit of a car. Hard work. Yeah. <laughs> hard work. Or hard. Yeah. There's the word. There's the word. GTR. Great car. Bathurst. Great circuit. There's a lot of great going on here. We need to break well, this Well, okay, cycle. Bathurst. Great driver's circuit. You know, really, really puts the uh, how good you are to the test because of the speed you're doing. Mm. Like you're talking about, we're talking about a phase three a minute ago, 150 mile an hour in a Falcon. So, like, you know, it's, it's – and, like, I drove my sports car there uh, and I drove a Brabham there. Uh, I drove a Gold Star racing in the Brabham. And, uh, you know, that sort of circuit with those sort of cars, Poof. great circuit, great circuit. No concrete walls back then yeah, either. Exactly. Harry Firth. Terrific old prick. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the first person in 90-something episodes of our podcast to use uh, that description in this segment, but first time for everything. Uh, Glenn Seaton. Oh, a great guy. Great guy, good driver. Um, disappointed he left us at the time he did, but a great driver. Hard top. Good car. Good car. Not a shitbox. No, good car. Hard All right. Top. Yeah, the, the, the two-door finished up being a good car. Hmm. Of course, we could do some things with it, but the best thing it had on was good wheels and tyres. Got to have some rubber paws to put on yeah, the ground. Yeah, on the ground, yeah. Can have all the power in the world, but if you can't yeah, use it, it's, exactly. it's not much good. Mate, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks oh, for hosting shit. me. It's <laughs> been a delight. We've uh, ploughed through the time frame. I think we've answered just about every question we could get to from our listeners. I'm sure that there's a million other topics that we could go through. We'd be here all week, though, to, to do so. So, again, thanks for having us, and uh, hope you've enjoyed the sit-down. It's good to it's catch up. No problem. It's been a lot of bullshit, <laughs> a lot of lies, but the racing drivers tell lots of lies. But most of the lies I've told are good lies, and the thing is it's, it happens that way sometimes. <laughs> uh, written, spoken, and authorised by Mr F. Gibson of Melbourne. <laughs> Pleasure being here. Pleasure being here. There you have it, Fred Gibson on the V8 Sleuth podcast. Great to catch up with FG. Uh, always full of stories. A few that I would not heard, few that I had heard, and some that I love hearing and would happily hear over and over again. A big thank you to Freddie for making the time to sit down with me and open the door and uh, welcome me into his home. Really appreciate it. Don't forget, too, you can visit our V8 Sleuth bookshop. The website is bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au. Uh, the Wellington Street Race book that tells the history of the New Zealand street race in Wellington. 
I gave Fred a copy because the Nissan GTR from 1990 is on the cover. By the time I spoke to him the next week, he'd read the book cover to cover and was looking for another book to read. Uh, it's a really important part of New Zealand racing history and for any of our Kiwi fans or the Aussie fans who love touring car racing, I reckon it's one you need to add to your collection. Jump on the website, bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au. Don't forget, every Monday, our Repco Supercars weekly episodes drop with previews, reviews, news, stats, all the bits you need to know about the Repco Supercars Championship. Hey, thanks everyone for your podcast feedback. We really appreciate it. It was great to see people send us lots of stuff on socials, whether it be pre or post episodes. Tell all your mates, subscribe as well through your favourite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode and you get the alert every time a new one drops. Add yourself to our newsletter list. Jump on the v8sleuth.com.au website, sign up there, and you'll get all the links to our latest stories on our site. You'll get advice as to when uh, new items are being opened to pre-order or uh, various deals and, and things that we're up to. And follow us on socials. A lot of you already do, but Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we're busy and active on all of them, and uh, you can connect with us there. In the meantime, that's another edition of the V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco. Hope you enjoyed the chat with Fred Gibson. We have got lots of chats coming up for the rest of 2021. We look forward to chatting to you soon. Every lap in under a minute. Every move made to matter. Every decision impacting the outcome of the race. Supercars in Perth. Every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars. Unforgettable. Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published in the last 22 years. From the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present and the stars that steered and built them, AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au.